Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. everyone. Welcome to the PBSC podcast. Steve Moore and Mark Castleman here with you. It's great to be with you guys tonight. Um, we are answering a uh, user uh, question, but they started off with a cool statement. And, and it's always good to hear compliments like this. And uh, it's it goes like this. We period love period your period work period. With a big heart. <laughs> with a big heart. Um, which is we, we always appreciate hearing from you guys. And we just want to let you know before we jump into the submission today. That today, we've been talking about this all month. Uh, today, uh, this podcast should release about 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Today is the last day for you to sign up for Dare to Connect at its current price point. Um, it will be going up beginning March 1st at midnight Mountain Time. Uh, if you have been on the fence, if you like these these podcasts, if as this as this uh, this uh, uh, listener said, if you love what we do, if you love our work, now is the time to sign up and take your marriage to the next level. Uh, we bring you 30 hours of content a month, at least, something like that. Six, um, uh, 20, yeah, like 24 hours a month. 24 25 hours or more is is where we're at currently. Uh, everything from weekly group sessions from, for addicts, spouses, and couples all through the week, all the way up through the 90-minute uh, uh, addict and spouse uh, support groups, 12-step-based 12 12 support groups on the weekend. We get raw and real about all things addiction. Um, today's today's session was amazing that way, and there was oh lots my gosh, of that. it was. <laughs> I don't even know how many times we talked about penises today in the oh session. It was gosh. it was a lot. So we uh, anyway, we just uh, we love our listeners. We want you to come come take your marriage to the next level. Grab your two week trial and sign up. Uh, the new price point of two hundred ninety five dollars a month is still less than the cost of one or two therapy sessions. Um, it's a great price point for all the all the content that bring, that it brings. But if you sign up today, you can get that at the current rate of the one ninety five per per couple, and you'll have that month. rate for as long as you stay on the program for life. Correct. Yep. 
So come on, come and join us and, and find out what now we have hundreds of people, uh, hundreds of couples that have, have tried and are in Dare to Connect now. We invite you to, to come and join us and and uh, jump in wherever you're at. Dare to Connect can meet it, whether you're first starting this pro- process or or our years into the into the making. Dare to Connect is for everybody on this journey, and we will we will take you to new places. So anyway, you can grab that trial at uh, daretoconnectnow.com. We'd love to have you come join us. Okay, well, jumping in past the compliment, uh, and again, we loved hearing that. Uh, this is what this listener says. We love your work. Guys, do you have anything to share for those of us unsure of when we should be staying on, quote, our side of the street, unquote? Um, so what that referring to is just so you all know, that's a common phrase in 12-step that talks about, you know, what is your responsibility? What is my responsibility in terms of of recovery and and change, working change in my life? So there's this term of, you know, staying on one's own side of the street is is used commonly because all we can control is, is our side. And so that oftentimes gets used in couples work as well. I'm hearing it, but I can't make sense of where the line should be drawn. Do I step way back onto my side of the street and support his efforts, even when they seem so base level and even when I sense he's drifting toward relapse? Do I congratulate him while part of me is crying out, so he bloody should, unquote, <laughs> quote, unquote. <laughs> my understanding is that I can make requests for what would make me feel safe as an X amount of recovery work. So like in his example, um, but if consequences for that wouldn't be fair on him and would be, but consequences for that wouldn't be fair on him and would be stepping onto his side of the street. So in other words, you know, would that be, would me holding consequences over that be, you know, crossing into his line of responsibility as in, if you don't do X, Y, Z, then I'll need to distance myself from the relationship or something along those lines. When he's not engaging much uh, with his recovery work, I become very anxious and afraid and start questioning whether he's up to no good or whatever, or whether I should just leave him. It just feels so necessary to me that he commits himself to recovery if he wants the relationship. Am I understanding right when people say, stay on your side of the street, then that would mean let him participate in as little recovery as he wants, and I can't set consequences around that. So in other words, that's kind of a run-on sentence, but... In other words, when people say stay on your side of the street, does that mean that, you know, I, you know, I have my boundaries, but I, I can't really hold consequences around that? Like, is that what that's referring to? So she's looking for kind of clarification of, you know, where does staying on my side of the street begin and end and how do consequences with boundaries kind of tie in with that? Mm-hmm. So, great and question. This is, this is a common, we run into this a lot, don't we, Steve? All the time. And we talk about it and we talk about it and we talk about it, but it just somehow it somehow gets lost in the interpretation where in order to stay on my side of the street as a spouse healing from betrayal trauma, I can make invitations to him and suggestions to him and tell him what I need in order to stay safe. But if I start to hold consequences and outcomes for his choices, then I've crossed over into his side of the street. And that is not true. Yeah. Right. Remember the thing that, in order to be empowered as a spouse or a partner of an addict in recovery, your empowerment comes from learning to set healthy boundaries, specific, um, pertinent, you know, connected boundaries that are directly related to what your needs are in the relationship and you individually. What do those yes. boundaries look like? And you being able to set them and, and express them and state them. But boundaries really don't have any power at all unless they are accompanied by also very clear consequences and outcomes. 
Yes. It has to be that way. Otherwise, it's not a boundary. It's just a suggestion. Correct. And this is a real soapbox for, I know, Mark and for myself. You know, boundaries, it's it's kind of one of the buzzwords of, 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 of therapy. It's one of those topics that people just kind of throw out and throw around. And it's actually, honestly kind of shocking how many colleagues that I see of Mark and I is where boundaries will be discussed, but they're even by the therapist teaching them, sometimes they're not fully understood. Yeah, in terms of how they're supposed to be said, and so let's go over really quick. And we have done other, we've done other podcast episodes on this, and we talk about it at length in D to C. But let's do go over some of the brief rules around boundaries that are that are healthy guideposts. Okay, yep. one boundaries are always an invitation. Always, the reason why they're an invitation is because by declaring a boundary as an invitation, it is recognizing a couple of things. The first is that I have absolutely no control over what you do with it. <laughs> Right. Boundaries are never a threat. Okay. We never set boundaries from a place of how do I change the other person? And I think this is where this listener is probably getting caught, right? Because this is where most people get caught is boundaries are never designed to change another person. They are designed just like a physical boundary would be right. If I have a fence around my yard, putting a fence around my yard is not designed to make my neighbor grow a different kind of flower. I don't put up a wall around my yard and say, okay, well, I'm putting this wall up and it ain't coming down until you plant daisies next year. <laughs> right. Right. What do I, why do I put a, why do I put a boundary up or a fence up around my yard? It has nothing to do with what they're doing. What does it have to do with? It has to do with protecting the sanctity, the security of my yard, right? Keeping people out of my yard that are, that aren't supposed to be there, keeping things in. I have three dogs, right? So we have a, we have a fence around here, keeping things in that are supposed to stay in. Emotional boundaries work the exact same way. They're not designed to change anyone else's yard, metaphorically speaking, right? They're designed to protect our own. And so what now, now sometimes boundaries and their attached consequences may look like they are coming from a place of changing another person. And if a person responds to the invitation around boundaries, depending on where they are specifically in recovery, where there's a lot of rapid change happening, happening in a relationship, Sometimes they do have that effect, but we never set them from that place, right? The boundaries should be a declaration of my authenticity, not in any way used as a way to change someone into something that should align with my thinking. Yeah, Am I hitting that yeah. on the head in a way that makes yeah. sense, Mark? So a boundary basically is a way, it's, it's just a, it's an in-depth way. To, it's, it's, it's a way to give form and function to me expressing my authentic needs. Here's what I need from you, addict partner, mm. in order for me to feel safe and valued and desired and wanted. I need these things from you. Here's what I need from our coupleship in order for it to work for me. Yes. And so I take those needs and I, I give them substance so they actually mean something by converting them into boundaries. Yes. Right. That's that's what boundaries are, an expression of need. Yes. And if and if boundaries are set for any other reason, this is one of the many reasons, again, why so many couples struggle with boundaries. And if they're not set from the right place and their consequences are therefore not also also set in the right mindset, boundaries will oftentimes devolve a relationship rather than enhance it. Yes. Right. If I'm because nobody, it does not matter whether you are two years old or two hundred years old, nobody ever responds well to manipulation ever. Right. 
Um, well, oftentimes we look at two-year-olds and we're like, oh, he's throwing a tantrum because he's being told what to do. I've never met an adult that responds well to that either, right? That is not like <laughs> right. a two-year-old thing. Nobody goes along with that. Yeah. Right? yeah and so, to, yeah, to force or, you know, kind of dick being a dictator, you know, or any of those things. It's exactly, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a detailed expression of needs, giving them form and substance. And here's the other side, Steve, that we run into a lot. The outcomes and consequences as if those boundaries are violated or exceeded is not a punishment exactly. for the other individual. Very important to recognize that I don't have an outcome or consequence because I'm going to punish you if you exceed this boundary. I have a consequence or outcome that again does what keeps me safe and meets my needs. Correct. So very important to distinguish that as well. Yeah. Well, and, and a good example for that, and this will kind of teach the concept of of the advantage for boundaries for the person who is being who the boundaries are being held up against, because this is the dynamic that I'll just give you the classic situation we always use in Dare to Connect and kind of what we talk about. Very early in recovery, when Mark and I are working with a spouse, we will talk about this boundary con, you know, concept. And oftentimes, because of the recovery process and the work that Mark and I do, there's been a lot of sexual betrayal, right? There's a lot of betrayal trauma present in the relationship. Yep. And so one of the first boundaries we will set is we try to focus and, and help a spouse create boundaries that are going to protect them from further sexual betrayal. For most spouses, that oftentimes looks like something along these lines. If you relapse in your recovery, right? If you act out with strip clubs or with pornography or you deceive me again about something, right? Something related to that trauma, to keep myself safe, I am probably going to need to, res to restrict myself sexually from the relationship for some sort of time. Now, we do that and we set those boundaries again from a place of this woman is trying to learn how to hold authentic boundaries. She's trying to learn how to resonate and to acknowledge and to honor her, her desire and need for exclusivity in the relationship. And when that exclusivity is violated, she pull, we're teaching wives how to hold healthy boundaries to preserve her from further hurt, from further betrayal, from further harm. Now, you can see how where this is already going to go, right? Her perspective, she'll walk out of the office that day and be like, wonderful, I'm learning about boundaries, I'm empowered. And then one of us will usually get a call from the husband within oh, like yeah. 48 hours. Right? Oh, yeah. And he wants to meet. And so I'll set up a, well, I'll, I or Mark will set up that time and we are kind mm. of already know what's going to happen. And more or less that discussion usually goes something like this. Hey, I am very displeased with how therapy is going so far. I am paying you X amount of dollars an hour to what I thought was to help my partner recover. And what I got told tonight is that she learned how to tell me no to sex. So thanks so much for that. I feel yeah. like I am being punished now. Exactly. Right? And so they yep. will look at it as a punishment. And oftentimes this is where Mark and I have to help a husband understand. And here's the punchline for all of you. If we are setting those boundaries correctly, even though for that husband, he may look at that on the outside and say, oh my gosh, if I don't toe the line, that means that she's not going to be sexual with me. So I'm being punished like I don't get a treat because I you know, misbehaved. It isn't coming from that place at all if we are doing our jobs correctly. She is setting, she is setting that boundary, excuse me, from a place of not only is it not punishing, what has happened in the past when she, have, she has overextended herself? Part of why she is now meeting with us and is, is struggling in the relationship is because she is engaged not just in, in, in tolerating that level of betrayal in the past, 
she has also, by consenting to that and not holding boundaries in the past, created her own self-betrayal. And it is pulling her out of the relationship even faster as a result. And so what we we help guys to understand is that this is not to punish you or to regulate you. This is your wife trying to recapture and reclaim her own authenticity and trying to figure out what is going to help me stay safe. And as we start to navigate boundaries with a spouse and we start to sh- help a husband understand that as she sets these boundaries authentically, not only are these not restrictions, what this set of boundaries, as she starts to share this with the husband, if he's open to the process, is that this is actually what what I referred to in my clinic, and Mark, I think, uses something similar. This is her love map. Yes. It's that mythical document that I've ever I've heard every husband metaphorically say, like, I don't understand this woman. I don't understand this woman I'm married to. I don't understand what she wants, what she needs. She's a mystery to me. How many men have have pleaded with the heavens at one point in time? I have no idea how to make this marriage better or what makes this woman tick. Here it is. That document, that set of boundaries is exactly the mythical holy grail that every man who's ever asked that question is looking for. Right now, I could diatribe on this, but this is Mark. Well, and so and so, what happens with (laughs) with the spouse who is in you know healing from betrayal trauma? What we find has happened in the past is that she's been employing tactics like go along to get along. Yes, don't make waves. Silent treatment. Yeah, if I give in to him and give him sex, maybe he won't betray me again in the future. Right, giving little pieces of herself away. Yeah. Stepping out of her authenticity in order to try to fix this marriage or this relationship. We want to help her break out of those old dysfunctional tactics for her sake and for his. Yeah. As long as she continues to do those things, guess what happens to, to his side of the street with regard to his behaviors? He just continues in the behaviors because, because quote, they work, yeah. right? But now what happens when she starts to set healthy boundaries and starts to really express her needs authentically, she finally has a voice. She's finally able to say, here's what I need from you. That now puts him in a place where he gets to do what? Make a choice. She's now finally giving me her love map and telling me exactly what she needs in order for us to connect and get close and you know, collaborate and be intimate. She's giving me, she's giving me the the roadmap with all the signs along the way. What am I going to do with that as a guy in recovery? Yes. That's what healthy boundaries with with outcomes and consequences do is they put him in the, put him in the place to choose her or not choose her, mm-hmm. to fight for the relationship or not fight for it. Yes. And what we're doing is because what has been happening in the past, and I love how Mark said that, right? A wife has been giving, as he said, you know, little pieces of herself away. And that, so in other words, for the sake of short term, when we're not holding those authentic boundaries, when a spouse isn't in that dynamic, she is giving up little pieces of her in the long term and is undermining the foundation of the relationship for short term compatibility. Mm-hmm. And those relationships, when that goes on unchallenged, it's essentially the same thing that would happen metaphorically to a house if you just let termites go on forever. Yeah. One day you're just making dinner in the kitchen and and the and the whole kitchen just breaks off the side of the house and falls over. Right? And we have seen that happen many many times in relationships where when a spouse starts to give away pieces of themselves to try to make the relationship work whether it's around sex or engaging with him with pornography when it's not authentic for her or the whole a whole list of variety of other behaviors we don't have time to get into today. 
what happens with those situations is eventually that spouse wakes up one day and feels so uncomfortable and so out of touch with the marriage. She just knows she needs to leave and she doesn't even know why. Yeah. She just knows she needs to get out. Yeah. And we, and and our hearts go out to, to so many women listening to this because they're put in a difficult space. How many times Steve, we had women come to us and say, you know what, Mark or Steve, man, when he's, when he's moody or he's in a bad place, or I can tell that something really terrible is coming it's easier for me to just give in and, and make peace. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we, and we get that. Totally. Our so, wives did it for quite some time. They did. Both cases. But it didn't do us any good. In no. fact, it, it, it hurt our recovery. And we know, every one of you listening, we know that the early to mid-range stages of this are not easy. Yep. It is not easy to start setting boundaries and to start expressing authentic needs. It often is not received well. There could be a lot of resistance on the part of the addict. Whoa, whoa, what are you what are you doing changing the rules of the game here? I like it the way it was. Mm-hmm. And 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 guys can get really difficult, but you've got to hold your ground. You've got to, you know, stand more and more solidly in your authenticity and and legitimately expressing what you need from this. And and again, to to put him in the place of choosing. Yes, absolutely. Right, and that's what and that's what we're we're we want to empower every couple with that we work with in Dare to Connect, right? And in our in our individual clinics, is you the the we want to eliminate codependency. We want to create relationships that are functional, that are happy and healthy. That both people can truly look at each other and say, "We can go the distance. We want to go the distance." Right? I I choose you, right? And and I and I'm feeling chosen. And yes. that's that's the healing work that we do every day with Dare to Connect with with the people we work with individually, and that's that's the passion we bring to the table. Well, and um, let's say one other thing, Steve. We want yeah, to make sure yeah. that guys listening, this is not a bash on guys session today. Oh, not at all, guys. Believe us when we tell you that us helping to teach women how to to express authentic needs and set boundaries and have outcomes and consequences is in your best interest as a guy in recovery. Please hear us when we say that. Well, and I'll put it to you this way. I mean, I have, have you, have you ever once I was, I, a while, you know, I like to people watch at restaurants a while ago. I, I saw, I ran into a bachelorette party and Mm. I saw this woman talking to uh, her girlfriends, right. And she was telling about her new husband to be. And what, what was she saying? Probably the same thing that many of you have heard when you listened or heard a conversation like that. I people watch when I'm out. And she was talking about all these amazing traits. And what were what were some of the traits? He's so smart. You know, he's so independent. He's got his stuff together. You know, he knows what he wants. He's driven, right? He he just, he's got his full self on display. Like when I'm with him, I can feel the passion. And like this guy's going places. Like that's attractive to me. And I hear guys say the same things. And I resonate with that. And I know Mark does because that's what every guy wants for their spouse too. Never once have I ever listened in on a conversation like that where it's a group of guys or a group of ladies. I've never listened to a group of guys sit there and talk about, guys, let me tell you about this lady that I, I'm I'm with, and I think I'm going to pop the question. She never tells me what she wants. She always capitulates to anything I want to do. Um, she uh, she just keeps all of her opinions to herself and shoves down any negative feelings she has, right? she She's like an emotional chameleon to everything that I do, and 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 she's just trying to go along to get along and survive in the relationship. That is so hot. I just want to get married to that. <laughs> right. Right. No one has ever <laughs> said that. Right. But that's the things that we fall in love with at the beginning of our marriage are what? That vibrancy, that that authenticity, that hope and promise and drive for the future. 
spouses in this process without boundaries on either side of the coin lose that. Yes. That leaves in the name of survival. Mm -hmm. And it has to come back if you are going to get the marriage back that you really want. Yep. So that's why we do what we do. Well said. That is a great way to wrap up today. Um, We hope that this has helped learning about, you know, staying on your side of the street, what that means. And again, we, uh, we hope to see as many of you as possible over at Dare to Connect. Uh, yes. Hopefully you'll sign up today because it's the last day of the lower price. This is the, this is the time to grab it, guys. Um, <laughs> save it. yourself $100 a month additional going forward. Grab that two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. As always, you are welcome to reach out and contact us at pbsepodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Sounds great. everybody. All right. We'll see you. Right. Bye-bye. See ya. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.